0: Hi there, and welcome to Radio Frias' daily podcast. I'm your host, Peter Bergman, and it's Friday, November 18th, 2011. This edition of Everything You Know Is Wrong is brought to you by the makers of Crud Light. You know what really pisses me off about Mitt Romney is that he knows better. He knows that greenhouse gas emissions, the greenhouse effect is a terrible problem, a global problem, a problem that endangers us all. And he's willing for small potatoes, for for the meanest of political ambitions, to deny it. Now, Herman Cain, he's just an ignorant man. He's not stupid. He's just narrow and ignorant. So he really doesn't care. He doesn't know. He doesn't want to know. Michelle Bachman has somebody else up above whispering in her ear, so she doesn't have the foggiest. And I don't think that Rick Perry is that bright. As far as Newt Gingrich is concerned, he's another mad opportunist. That's why he and Cain (laughs) make such a perfect ticket. Greenhouse gases make a record rise. The global output of heat-trapping carbon dioxide has jumped by a record amount, according to the U.S. Department of Energy, a sign of how feeble the world's efforts are at slowing man-made global warming. The right will tell us that this is just federal propaganda. I'm sick and tired of hearing them do that. The figures for 2010 mean that levels of greenhouse gases are higher than the worst-case scenario outlined by climate experts just four years ago. We did it waste, baby! We did it waste! The more we talk about the need to control emissions, the more they are growing, said John Riley, the co-director of MIT's Joint Program on the Science and Policy of Global Change. The world pumped out about 564 million tons of carbon into the air in 2010 than it did in 2009, an increase of 6%. That amount of extra pollution eclipses the individual emissions of all but three countries, China, the U.S. and India, the world's top producers of greenhouse gases. It is a monster increase that is unheard of, said Greg Marland, a professor of geology at Appalachian State University who has helped calculate Department of Energy figures in the past. Extra pollution in China and the U.S. account for more than half of the increase in emissions last year, Marlin said. There you go. China and the U.S. We doing it. We polluting the world. And we know better. And the Chinese, as a people, don't have the opportunity to do much about it. But we are free and we can. But we're letting ourselves be hoodwinked by the 1%. India and China are huge users of coal. Burning coal is the biggest carbon source worldwide and emissions from that have jumped nearly 8% in 2010. In 2007, when the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change issued its last large report on global warming, it used different scenarios for carbon dioxide pollution and said the rate of warming would be based on the rate of pollution. Bowden said the latest figures put global emissions higher than the worst-case projections from the climate panel. Is anybody listening? Really dismaying. Granger Morgan, head of the Engineering and Public Policy Department at Carnegie Mellon University, said of the new figures, we are building up a horrible legacy for our children and grandchildren. Yes, they will look back on us, every one of us, except the few who really tried, and think of us as the polluters. Yes, the generation that took their breath away.
1: Hello again, this is Bob Pujols last time I spoke to you, I was director of Republicans for a thoroughly Christian president. But we've moved up. We're no longer just a pack. We're a full-fledged political party. God's own party. The real GOP. Are you with us? Will you answer the call and get down on your knees and pray for Jesus to return before the Florida primary deadline? Jesus alone can deliver us from the Kenyan secret agent in the White House. Jesus is a perfect candidate. He's been a Christian longer than Rick Perry, Michelle Bachmann, and Rick Santorum. He speaks more languages than John Huntsman. Newt Gingrich is a whiner. Jesus is a water into whiner. He delivered loaves and fishes long before Herman Cain delivered pizza. He's in better shape than Ron Paul. And while Mitt Romney only talks the talk, Jesus walks the walk, even on water. And now that Governor Christie has opted out of joining those eight Republican losers, it will only take a word from on high to bring the governor on board as our VP to be. Think about it. Jesus Christie in 2012. Jesus Christy, that's the ticket! So dig down deep and send your 13 pieces of silver to God's Own Party, Golgotha Heights, Maryland. God's Own Party is open to all Americans except Muslims, Baha'is, Zoroastrians, animists, Rastafarians,
0: sodomites, blasphemers, socialists, communists, Trotskyites, Mensheviks, and Mormons. Republicans make a lot of noise about people receiving unemployment benefits or just a bunch of basically welfare cheaters. And we'll hear more about that. But let's look at the truth, because this is one of the most serious structural problems that we face today. Most unemployed don't get benefits. That's right. The jobs crisis has left so many people out of work for so long that most of America's unemployed are no longer receiving unemployment benefits. Early last year, 75% were receiving checks. That figure is now 48%, a shift that points to a growing crisis of long-term unemployment. Nearly one-third of America's 14 million unemployed have had no job for a year or more. Do you know what that does to a worker's spirit and chances to getting re-employed? It's devastating. Congress is expected to decide by year's end whether to continue providing emergency unemployment benefit for up to 99 weeks in the hardest-hit states. If the emergency benefits expire, the proportion of the unemployed receiving aid will fall further. I don't know if you can count on a Republican House to give anybody anything at all except the rich and the armed. The ranks of the poor would also rise. Now get this. The Census Bureau says unemployment benefits kept 3.2 million people from slipping into poverty last year. It defines poverty as annual income below $22,314 for a family of four. That's spending just under $6,000 a year in total on each member of the family. Oh my God. God. Yet for a growing share of the unemployed, a vote in Congress to extend the benefits to 99 weeks is irrelevant. They've had no job for more than 99 weeks. They're no longer eligible for benefits. Their options include food stamps or other social programs. Nearly 46 million people receive food stamps right now. A record total. That figure could grow as more people lose unemployment benefits. Aren't we a proud of our economy, huh? Record number of poor, record number of people on food stamps. The American dream. What also could grow is the government's disability roles. Applications for the disability insurance program have jumped about 50% since 2007. There's going to be increased hardship, said Wayne Vroman, an economist at the Urban Institute. The number of unemployed has been roughly stable this year, yet the number receiving benefits has jumped by 30%. Government unemployment benefits weren't designed to sustain people for long stretches without work. They usually don't have to. In the recoveries from the previous three recessions, the longest average duration of unemployment was 21 weeks in July 1983. By contrast, in the wake of the Great Recession, the figure reached 41 weeks in September. That's the longest on record dating to 1948. The figure is now 39 weeks, two weeks away from making another great record. It's the Guinness economy. It was a great safety net for a short recession, says Carl Van Horn, an economist at Rutgers University. It assures the economy will experience short interruptions and then go back to normal. That ain't what's happening now. The Congressional Budget Office has estimated that each $1 spent on unemployment benefits generates up to $1.90 in economic growth. That's a leverage factor of almost two to one. Hooray, it's a gift. The CBO has found that the program is the most effective government policy for increasing growth among the options that it has analyzed. Okay, here's a real living example. John Polis lives in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, one of the 20 states where 99 weeks of benefits are available. He used them all up after losing his job as a warehouse worker in 2008. His benefits paid for groceries, car maintenance, and health insurance. Now Polis, 55, receives disability insurance payments, food stamps, and lives in government-subsidized housing. He's been unable to find work because employers in the field want computer skills he doesn't have. Employers are crying they can't find qualified help, he says, but the ones he interviewed weren't willing to train anybody. Lawmakers will have to decide whether to continue the extended benefits by the end of this year. If the program ends, nearly 2.2 million people will be cut off by February. Ooh. What a thought. Congress has extended the program nine times, but it might balk at the 45 billion cost. I'm looking at a chart right now of the percentage of total unemployment who were out of work for 52 weeks or more. Back in 1967, it was 2%. In 2003, it was 7%. In 2011, it's 38%. Something's happening here, and what it is is very clear, but it's not clear to the right. Despite the necessary aid that unemployment benefits provide for those who've been laid off, not to mention the boost they give to the entire national economy, Republicans continue to attack and deride people who collect these benefits. In September, Representative Steve King, a Republican from Iowa, dismissed unemployment benefits as welfare for people that won't work. What a butthole and an Ohio State representative suggested that his state drug test all benefit applicants. He got the idea from Florida Governor Rick Scott, one of the most unpopular governors in that state's history, who signed a law in June requiring drug tests for all welfare recipients. Now, Republican Tennessee Lieutenant Governor Ron Ramsey thinks receiving unemployment benefits, an average of $285 a week in Tennessee, is simply a lifestyle. When does it become a benefit and when does it become a lifestyle, Ramsey asked of the current unemployment compensation system. Beneficiaries aren't pressed hard enough to look for work. How would he know? While Republicans like to claim that those on benefits are not looking for work, research from the San Francisco Fed has found that workers who qualify for unemployment benefits stay unemployed just 1.6 weeks longer than those who do not qualify for benefits. Meanwhile, without extended unemployment benefits, the United States economy would lose $57 billion, or 0.38% of GDP in the first three months of 2012. Here's the issue, the people, in Washington are cut off from the real people. They don't feel the pain. And there's so much pain out there and so much despair and so little time to do anything about it that the people have not risen up. Yes, occupy Wall Street, and they will get to the issue or they will bring the issue forward, one issue at a time. But by that time, we will cast more and more people into a terrible place. A terrible place for America, the dream, the best country on earth with the most resources. Where did we go wrong? Crud light,
1: crud light. Crud light beats a man-sized thirst if your liver doesn't shut down first. So get some crud light, ice cold crud light.
0: Crud light. Do not consume this product while operating heavy machinery while giving birth on the interstate.